Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. This is Shauna here. Um, pardon the interruption before this awesome educational episode. Little Shotskis, baby. So I wanted to record a little bit as we go through this pandemic that we're in. Uh, so since the last time I did an update, it's the third week. And um, this is what I've kind of been doing. A, I've been sitting by myself here in the recording uh, zone, the little podcast studio, and it's weird being by myself. It's kind of the the time? It's the time. Yeah, so I wanted to go through kind of what I've been doing with my time in the last three weeks. The first week wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I I cleaned my house. It was so spotless. I did live videos um, on Instagram. And that was that was fun for the first week, doing some live videos. I did one with Educated Barfly. That was cool. I did a live video with the Hospitality Life on Twitch. That was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. I've been trying to take this thing fun and um, been doing some costumes on those kind of things and just being stupid like I do. And I refurbished a dresser. That was awesome. And, you know, I made some really fun cocktails. That, that was really great. And... Uh, so that first week, that was pretty fun. Um, second week, I decided, I started really focusing on my drumming, so I made some drum videos. I started wondering why there were so many dishes piled up in my sink. I don't know how there's so many dishes. I, I've never witnessed this before, and I'm, I'm on top of my dishes. I don't leave dishes, but it's just a constant, constant flow of dishes. And, um, and you know what? I made some fun cocktails. My husband loves that part. He likes, he's been like, cocktail time, cocktail time. We're all drinking a lot. <laughs> all right. Third week. We're in it right now. My house is a disaster zone. Everything has fallen apart. When you're in your house, you can't keep up with it. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. Social media. I got to talk about this for a second. Third week into this, I just can't look at it anymore. Like, I, I might be the only person. I don't know. But it's just starting to bug me a lot. But for some reason, this being stuck inside Maybe it's just that it's the only thing to do and I just find myself like looking at it and it just seems like I'm just wasting my life away right now. And I think it's depressing me. So if you don't see me on social media for a little bit, that's probably why I just mentally it's just I can't do it for some reason right now. I'll check back next week, though. Maybe I'll get past that that part. And you know what? Finally, I've just been making some fun cocktails. I've just been making fun cocktails. You know, I I think two things are going to come out of this whole thing. Maybe a lot of babies and a lot of alcoholics. We shall see. But regardless, I like to say beautiful things come out of difficult times. I need to mention this amazing person. This beautiful lady, she really shined brightly for us here at Talk Tales. A huge shout out. The biggest shout out to Jessica Vance. Jessica, thank you so much for joining our Patreon and supporting our Talktales project. I really can't thank you enough for this right now. This is a, such a beautiful thing to do to help us during these times of being out of work. And we will continue to make the best content that we can on Talktales because, because of you, Jessica. Thank you to the Cosmos and back. So that being said, Adele, myself, we're out of work. We're doing our best. We, we've done all, we're, we're applying for all the things. I know uh, my my EDD is going through now, so payments are going to start coming through, which is really great. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, make sure you do it because that will definitely help you financially. And then also check into like your local GoFundMes. A lot of people are doing GoFundMes for their bar. I know Bar Franca that I work with right now, we're doing a big thing for to-go cocktails. We have draft cocktails that we're going to be filling bottles up with. We have a Venmo account set up for our staff that is out of work. And the Venmo is at B 
F438. And um, you could donate there to the staff of Bar Franca. All right, without further ado, let's get into this week's educational episode, deep diving into Durango Mezcal and another huge supporter of Talktales, Magay Spirits, and their founder, Alejandro. Oh, and Joel. Joel's in there too. Ayo. Uh, so please sit back, grab yourself something to sip on, probably some Magay Spirits, some Mezcal, and uh, let's go on a magical journey into the world of bartending, shall we? Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a comedy podcast exploring stories from behind and beyond the bar. This is not a regular show. It's a shot. It's a little shots poured with your host, Shauna. And Adele. Yeah, baby. Whoa, shots, 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 shots. Wait, you can't sing it for more than whatever seconds. What? Right? Oh, it's like an actual song. Oh, I think it's like. I think it's like 60 seconds you get away with. Oh, okay. Shut, 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 shut. Yeah. Uh, you stop. So we're doing once again my favorite thing in the world. It, which is? Drinking mezcal. Oh my God. You know Dude, it. we've been on a roll with this mezcal thing lately. I Listen, don't know what. Well, something's calling our names and I'm it's not mezcal. Mad. It's the gods. Uh, I'm not mad. It's the nectar it's, of the gods. They are win. summoning us. They have summoned <laughs> us from the depths of the earth, of the terroir. They're saying, shut up. No. Drink more mezcal. Get super drunk. <laughs> Learn. Keep learning. But also keep tasting and learning and tasting. So that's a payoff. This doesn't stop. This doesn't stop today. We're going to keep on moving forward. And we're summoning the gods once again. And uh, this amazing uh, educational episode, we are talking with the founder, the king, the kingpin. The kingpin. The connoisseur. The uh, the ma- magician himself. The Lord, Lord, <laughs> oh, what else? the uh, the the boss man, the emperor, the uh, the head the head chicken, <laughs> the badass, uh, founder of Miguel Spirits. Yay! Yeah, we got Alejandro on the mic. Hello, guys. What's Hi. up, Alejandro? Thank you so much for flying to Los Angeles to talk on our podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Our this, pleasure. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, and also we have Joel. Hi. <laughs> hey, Joel. I'm here too. Hi, Joel. Hello. Joel Caruso. What's happening? Dude, it's so good to see your smiley face. I'm here. So you guys, you guys are just bombing around LA here on, guess what, a rainy day. Weird. Yeah, I know. It's kind of strange. Fly all the way up from Mexico to land in the rain. <laughs> and then it's just going to rain the day you leave, probably. Probably going to rain works. all the way through. Yeah. We got lucky yesterday with beautiful Monday. Just incredible. And then started to get a little wet at night. But um, by that hmm. time, I think we were leaving Harvard and Stone and Jumbos. And it didn't yeah, really matter like, what was I'm happening. I'm like, by wet, know? I don't know if you're talking about the rain. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still piecing it together. <laughs> It's a family podcast, you guys. Yes, yes totally. Um, well, Harvard is a uh, educational institution. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's and, a must. And it's Stone a, is any it's traveler, uh, Alejandro. I'm really happy that you got to experience that that education last night. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone definitely has to hit that one up. It's so we definitely we definitely went to school. Last night. <laughs> you got an A plus from yeah. the looks of it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Just kidding. You guys look amazing. So, Alejandro, let's deep dive into this world of Magay spirits. Uh, Adele and I have already got the pleasure to taste these things. Oh, am I excited to talk about it? Oh, my God. Let's actually, like, just actually talk about this brand right now. Like, what are we drinking? Explain to the audience, like, what is Magay spirits? Okay. 
So Magayu Spirits is a house of boutique brands that uh, are sustainable and uh, pretty much bring different stuff to the table. They're unique in the way that the uh, the agave that we use, the process that we use, is pretty much uh, different than what's out there in the market. So uh, in Magayu Spirits, we have four brands. Uh, we have our mezcal brand that is called Mezcal Burrito Fiestero, which is a beautiful a mezcal that has an artisanal line and an ancestral collection line as well. Then we have Señor Maguey, that's our agave nectar that it's crafted for bartenders and, and good uh, agave cocktails. And then we have Señor Sotol, which is our new Sotol brand that we'd be launching uh, within a month in the States, I believe. And a mezcal gin as well, that is our botanical mezcal the same technique as a pechuga mezcal, but replacing it with with uh, botanicals. So that's the uh, the brands that we do. And we do it in a n- very different place that it's called Durango, which is the Mexican Wild West. Ooh, I like I that. Exactly. Especially because now you see oh, wait, Oaxaca and that's what people kind of know. <laughs> there you go. Oh, like, that was a laser, Joel? Oh, sorry, I wasn't the Wild West. <laughs> but it's really cool to see... Uh, Agave distillates that coming from different states. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Durango is one of the states that was part of the initial uh, as well um, denomination of origin. And uh, it's it only represents 2.7% of the total production of mezcal. So even if it's now becoming the second state of uh, of production, it's it's nothing compared to Oaxaca in, the t- in, in volume. So uh, for listeners and like for yes. me, myself, and consumers mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. who enjoy mezcal, we we've barely scratched the surface of Durango. Totally, yeah. You've barely, just getting started. yeah. I mean, it's just like barely, barely, because uh, Durango it's it's probably the second state after Oaxaca that has the most biodiversity in in the plants in agaves. So there's a lot of uh, endemic and and other species that are grown in Durango in the wild with amazing new different flavors. The technique of Durango is different as well. So it's like. The new wave of mezcals is pretty much, I believe, going to come from Durango. And that's, I mean, just looking from the agaves that you guys are utilizing, it's like things that you don't see commonly. You have cenizo, which I've seen that before, but I haven't seen it often. Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, I forgot how to pronounce it. Masparillo. Masparillo. I've never heard of that before. And I mean, it's delightful. Thank you so much. And the cenizo is something that you'll see in a lot of other brands that are producing out of Durango. That's going to be the Durangese family species as he'll go into. And that's kind of the one that I've I've known since I've heard of Durango. But when I saw the Masparillo. You're like, what is that? <laughs> I need that. <laughs> um, yeah. So now that we've mentioned the, you know, what's in the, the agave in these bottles here, let's break down each of them okay. uh, for listeners. And then also like a lot of our listeners, you know, uh, Let's let's break it down to simplistic forms too. So yeah. I'll, I'll pro- I might interrupt you if I like uh, if it's please. something that's under that needs more explaining. How do you say layman in Spanish? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pew <laughs> 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 I'm here to help. Yeah, good good work, Joel. Thank uh, you. Okay, yeah. Let's start. Let's start off with the uh, mezcal burrito. Perfecto. So so burrito mezcal burrito fiestero is the name of the brand, and uh, the translation is like the little party donkey. And what is the name, and why do we illustrate this in the brand? Is like when we were looking for the best place to settle uh, that 
bring it all together, the quality, the agave, the story, that's what brought us to this brand. You know, the, the, the bottle illustrates the colors of Mexico, the essence, the essence of mi casa es tu casa, this feeling of, of passion and celebration uh, that um, you could be, it's shared among Mexicans. And the donkey as well, it's a very emblematic animal within the production of, of mezcal. If you go to the south in Oaxaca, uh, you would see the donkey in the Tajona. And uh, so he's uh, basically um, in charge of the milling process. And uh, as well, you could see it going to the mountains and bringing down the agave pineapples as well. So that's why the donkey is uh, pretty much the second in charge of, after the master distiller. And uh, oh, oh, yeah. donkey. <laughs> donkey. Yeah, so, so the donkey is running the show. He's so running the cute. show. There you go. And something very fun about Durango is that the donkey is not doing the milling. The mill is done by the man with an axe. So the donkey, it's the pet of our master distiller there. And that's why, uh, you know, we, we needed to illustrate that in, in our bottles. It's and a happy-looking donkey on that bottle. Well, that's <laughs> because he's not running the Tejona. Yeah, See, they right? have the humans running <laughs> the Tejona, <laughs> and the donkeys just get to hang out and party. He's laughing, indeed. So, so it's like per- pretty much based on the witchol art of the of the village uh, of uh, Southern Durango, the witcholes, and um, and we have two lines. So the artisanal line, it's uh, it's made out with uh, agave ceniso, and uh, agave ceniso is like the espadín of uh, of Oaxaca. The ceniso would be the one for Durango. Uh, even if it's wild and, and older in time, it takes 12 years in average to grow. And uh, it grows in the wild. So it's wild organic agave that is being poured in, in a bottle of artisanal mezcal. So does this agave, if it's being grown wild, mm-hmm. it, are people farming it as well? Yes. Okay. So, so, I mean, we started the, since we very first started doing the first bottle. We have been planting agave. So uh, this is a semi-cultivation. We plant them in greenhouses. And once they're two years old and they can survive, we replace them with wild populations so they can grow with the minerals in the same conditions as the wild agaves that we have. But uh, at this moment, pretty much all the ceniza that you could be trying in the market, it's going to be wild. Hmm, cool. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, but yeah, so the after learning the mistakes that we we saw in Oaxaca that everyone was harvesting and mistreating the the wild agaves, that's why we needed to come with a a big sustainability campaign, and uh, so that's why we plant one agave per every bottle that we saw it sell or produce. So we're planting around ten times more than we're using. Cool, oh, that's okay. awesome. And this agave, the quality of, of ceniso, it, it's very creamy and oily. And why is this? Durango gets some a bit more extreme conditions than our southern states of Mexico, right? In winter, we get to minus five, summer's 40s. So, so it's pretty harsh. And the agave develops this silky layer to protect itself from this, uh, this weather. No kidding. Yeah, and that's why it's being translated to the juice. Huh. And you would feel in the juice that it's way more silky, it way is. more creamy. Creamy, and, yeah. And the smoke, it's it's in a lower part. I believe you can find it in a more sort of subtle, refined, if you want to put it that way. It's less straightforward. Yeah. And I, I, this one we tasted, and it, it definitely has a lot of uh, tropical fruits. Oh, yeah. And um, which is so cool. We were Ex- talking about exactly. earlier about the terroir in Durango and how that's not a typical, like, fruity visual state. thing you see oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's fruity. It's 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 uh, sort of um, 
sweet it's a sweet mezcal in a well in a pleasure way i could i could say and in terms of cocktail as well you could do great uh, anything that you could put acidity to this mezcal let's say like a pineapple any sort of acid stuff it goes perfectly with the creaminess of of this passion of this fruit mezcal. adele oh that's passion my fruit. favorite <laughs> <laughs> there's not a ton of acidity in passion fruit though yeah, it's super acidic oh, it's yeah. pretty acidic it's been a while yeah been a while been a while now I'm thirsty. Can we get a drink rolling over here or what's going on? Oh, bounce back. <laughs> bounce Wait, back. Do we need another cup? Wait, there's yes. a cup there. Oh, cup. There we go. Check. And yeah, just to close the ceniso or, or burrito ceniso, it is a great mezcal that has been, I mean, we, we created it to be able to put it into cocktails and to make it affordable to people as well. So mm-hmm. instead of being this hundred proof mezcal, just like to, for connoisseurs, right. we wanted people to be able to try Durango. Uh, through a good complex mezcal, but in a approachable manner as well. I mean, it's a very approachable price exactly, too for exactly. for the type of agave. Usually, like you say, you see that on shelves for a lot more. A lot more, yeah. I yeah, agree. the price point's unbeatable for the quality. I mean, it is outrageous. I agree. Thank you. And then, uh, <laughs> what happened is, you know, there's so many agave Thank types <laughs> in in Durango that. Uh, that we wanted to bring them as well to the to the market and to the, to the people, and the only way to do it is through special releases. Because otherwise, I mean, we don't know with a certainty the, that the population could sustain a, like a day to day mezcal production. I don't think so. So this is why we created this special a ancestral collection that will bring different agave varieties of the state of Durango to the marketplace every two months, only once a year. That's so cool. We will have a batch of it's each like agave. Collectors. It's super fun. Yeah, like a Pokemon. That. Pokemon. <laughs> Gotta drink them all. <laughs> but the exciting thing is to talk about Ancestral and Durango in the same sentence. It's not something that I've come across before I met Alejandro. So I think that in itself is just... You know, we could probably do. Can a you get a little bit into differences? Of the, ancestral yeah, well, well, ancestral means that uh, there's it's done the well the ancient uh, with the ancient techniques. So there's no machine involved. The fermentation vats need to be wooden, and the steel, depending on the region, has to be uh, with clay. But in Oaxaca, it's 100% clay. The uh, la montera and the uh, the case as well, like the lower part of the steel as well. And in Durango, something that is special to the state of Durango, it's the combination of both materials. We get the clay for the bottom of the steel, and then we get the, the upper part of the steel with the Filipino wooden style. That's crazy. That's so cool. Crazy. I've never heard of that. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So you get this sort of the clay from the bottom with the t- roasted or toast from the wood as well. And it's a really good balance. It's very full-bodied for sure. It's big. It, yeah, it's pretty I mean, cool. It's got and a huge profile on the palate. It's really big oh, in your mouth. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so the <laughs> it feels neat. Masparillo. Masparillo. Uh-huh. Did I say it right? Masparillo. Yes. Masparillo. Let's break this thing down a little bit. Yeah. So this is the current release, so right? This is the very first release of ancestral uh, mezcal from Durango. So this is the first certified ancestral mezcal from Durango, and um, and this is the first batch of this editions. So this is a really great bottle over here. I feel so happy. <laughs> I, I can drink stoked. this. Bragging, yeah. I feel Bragging like that's rights. a really significant thing. Yeah, I mean, no, it's super cool. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I feel incredibly lucky because at some point I'll never get to try it like, again. We're not worthy. <laughs> we're, not worthy. <laughs> we're scum. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and this agave, it's, it takes longer to mature. So this is a 16 years old agave that is also uh, from, from the state of Durango. And um, it is actually shorter than Ceniso, but it, it takes, I mean, you could smell the, the, the beauty. You get all of this sort of oily uh, olives green very a lot of pepper there's a ton of there's a ton of purazine on it and it's funny because i always go back to my wine roots and i think you know you could sit here and pick apart this nose for 10 minutes before you even get it in your mouth it's just wild bell peppers jalapenos it's so green but in in your mouth it's 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 completely different different, which is i think the oily uh, the oily like mouthfeel and it really comes through on this this specific oh yeah mezcal it's wildly complex. I, I love mean, this stuff. And it's so clean at the same time, you know, when it comes it goes to to the body, it's like very, very smooth. And but when you said this is a uh, hundred proof, I was like, what? No yeah. way. And it is. And it's, but it's so, it's just, you can, it's so delicate and you can get all these nuances. It's really, really special. Exactly. And that's essentially coming right off the still, right? After yeah. the first Exactly. Cut. So it's that, that's the heart of the destillation. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that. A lot of times, you know, when mm-hmm. you're distilling in practice, you end up adding water. Like vodka, by law, must be distilled at 190 proof, but then watered down half of that. So it goes down to 80 proof, right? So that's not necessarily not necessarily the case with mezcal. Exactly. So depending on the region and of the as well the temperature of the of the outside, you get the um, like the average of alcohol, correct? So uh, for us in Durango, the the alcoholic uh, volumes that we get there way lower than the ones that we used to get in Oaxaca. So in Oaxaca, we were drinking hearts of like 60s, 60 somethings. And in Durango, they're just not as alcoholic. I don't know. It's a combination of factors. That do you think that has anything to do with the hand milling? I'm just kind of thinking now, but... Mm, we will have to see. Maybe we, there's like less extraction of... It might be, but I believe it's also the, the conditions of the east over there, the, the yeah. height. The, and, and what it happens is that you end up having this, like pretty much the hearts at 50, 55, sometimes even 48. And uh, so it's not as, you don't need to water it down. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if you tried our 42, for sure, if if it's not mezcal, the rest is water, right? So you need to water it down. Mm-hmm. But it's only, let's say, six degrees of alcohol that you, that you pour water into. It's not like when you try some watered down product. This right. feels super, super like um, rounded mm-hmm. because it's actually very close to what it came out, the heart of the beverage. So it conserves all the flavors rather there than having go. to dilute. There yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've tried different agave distillates mm-hmm. and you could tell when it's being watered down. Like when you're distilling it straight off the still and bottling it, it keeps like so much more flavor, oh, yeah. like so much more flavor. And then comparatively of the two next to each other with the water, without the water, it's, it's a major difference. I agree. Uh, but it depends again on the state, on the agave, because I, I you know, a mezcalera would say always oh, at 45 plus, but yeah. then you can take this one for, for instance, that it's 42, but it has the same rounded body of a 47 probably. Well, so that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, if it's 45 or below, yeah. you know, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Well, this would be an interesting bottle to put it in to front those of people them. and yeah. say, try this because. It is quite full. Do, do you, is that like a rule of thumb for uh, a 
mezcal's coming from Durango, that there usually will be a little bit more flavorful at a cortical lower proof or whatever. Well, it depends uh, uh, as well on the region within Durango, because I'm sure, for sure, like, uh, you know, it's like Oaxaca, it depends on the espadine of the region that you have. Right. Uh, and Durango has uh, different regions as well within the, the, the state. But uh, usually in Durango, you will pretty much find this uh, fruit, nose fruit, and this sort of... Uh, oils and, and creaminess mm. into it so so yeah you will get this pretty much uh, a bit more heavier body uh, than uh, other expressions outside i'm into it yeah. i'm into it i'm here for it <laughs> i am living for it this is so good yeah i'm pretty i'm stoked right now for sure it's very very impressive uh then there's an, we have another label here yes. in front of us which is a bit different but still very much the same <laughs> There you go. Non-alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Senor Maguey, yeah, we have here our agave nectar. So, we pretty much, I'm, I'm traveling a lot and in, in spreading the world of the word of mezcal and introducing it. And then you, what happened is that I saw my 12-year-old uh, ceniso agave being mixed with simple syrup. You're like, no! And I was like, <laughs> no way, you cannot mess that up. You know, it's this agave, is, uh, this sugar... Uh, Breaking the chain. Yeah, this this, this, <laughs> this sugars take like forever to grow within the agave, and then you just pour simple syrup, and then you mess up all the cocktail. So, and and then the agave uh, syrups that were available in the market were just like industrial stuff that lost all the agave qualities as well and agave flavors. So basically, we developed an artisanal agave nectar that is crafted for uh, like agave cocktails and agave mixology cool and uh, what we do is we cook we slow cook like for a bottle we take 48 hours of cooking while an industrial takes like only two or three so this is very very slow cooking delicious uh, agave nectar to do organic agave cocktails with you want to you want to deep dive that one? Or well, they, I, I was just gonna say like when when you first came in earlier today, and I was like, oh yeah, you're making agave nectar diluted for bartender use, and you're right. like, not diluted, exactly, it's crafted, right. meaning that there's no water added to it. It's already it's coming straight from the agave plant, exactly. So it's like, like a purposeful like the, product the, meant for yeah. bartenders. Yeah, Which, it's like you saw a problem. Let's right. make, let's make a resolution. And I mean, here. we shake it up in the bottle. I mean, it's it's, it's viscous yeah. and liquid, but it will shake. It will yes. shake. Let's hear that sound. <laughs> but this Ooh, this has to be like a little bit challenging the education part of it because i've never how i was a nectar is made yeah. i've never crossed my mind like i've never would have thought the difference in quality of something that's not oh, yeah. diluted with water or industrial like totally. industrially made and this is delicious it literally tastes like you're sucking on the coke well, it kind of reminds me of the of the, the teat of the agave the teat is like the teat of the agave <laughs> the it's teat of delicious. the agave god <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. the gods, wow, they've summoned us again. <laughs> you guys, now they're summoning family us. Family podcast. Keep it together. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> where, where did you get in your yeah, head that this a is a family podcast? It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's because your whole family listens to you it. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> they probably give you some shit. Right? <laughs> you can't say teat on the air too many times before mom gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> we, okay, we're breastfeeding the we're breastfeeding it's the like being breastfed by wow. the agave goddess. <laughs> No, but wow. the, the difference in taste is it's 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 went off it's the rails there. quick. It's so totally, and, and what different. happens is like companies are like just over like cooking, fast processing the agave nectar. So then you have this thick agave, and they just pour a lot of water to put into 
the the volume that they want. Right. But then you, it's like like with mezcals that we were talking to earlier, right? When you get right. these mezcals that are so watered down, it's the same thing with our nectar. So instead of that, we process less and we do slow cooking to get the viscosity, but until a point that it's still very complete and full-bodied. Now, have I mean, you done delightful. any tests? And I've been curious to ask, have you run these through speed pour to see how it flows? Totally. And it flows amazingly and it dissolves perfectly in hot or cold beverages as well. At oh. what speed does it flow? <laughs> <laughs> Viscosity. <Yeah>. Speed. Speed. <laughs> What speed? I wonder. I mean, I was I was pretty shocked. I was like, I mean, it's like it's agave nectar, you know how? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I learned something. Yeah. Like, I was already expecting I to like, be blown away by your mezcal, but I. I think was everybody kind of does that. the eye roll initially when they go, oh, Ooh. you have agave Ooh. nectar, Ooh. huh? And then, you're like, oh, then this they try like, it and they go, tastes like more. I know, like, Fuck, that's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like seeing it right next to the mezcal too, because it's like all we need is like a little baby agave plant next to it, and we're just like, this is like the f- this is the whole production. This is yeah. from plant to to bottle and all these i just want to point out organic and kosher labeled which is a huge thing in la people love organics in la and to be honest yeah the kosher thing helps it really sell at least in my part of the neighborhood it's amazing in your in your world yeah (laughs) yeah well i live in the hasidic part of la so that'll sell there yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah it makes a lot of sense i mean we have the kosher things because uh we were the one the first brand to export to israel Oh, so, cool. Oh, whoa. Um, Very yeah. cool. NBD. What? No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's why we have that thing. But, uh, you know, the organic, trip, trip. when it's wild agave, it's organic. Like, it's, it's by nature, right? Um, but for sure, like, people want to see the the statement as well. The statement, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, uh, to, fi- to finalize with the nectar, we put the same passion and the same quality that we do to our mezcals. And it shows, honestly. Like, I was pretty sh- shocked. I was like, whoa. I know, I'm like, yeah. I need a bottle of mezcal at all like, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so new to the market, so we're going to get it out to a couple places. I've You'll- never tried anything like that. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can even go to the, some of the other bigger brands that are selling a much more expensive version of right. Durango and... Yeah, it's a it's beat it. Day. It's crazy. Move on over. <laughs> yeah. So just to quickly kind of go over what you should expect to see these on the retail front, uh, the agave nectar will probably retail from around twenty bucks to maybe twenty one, twenty two bucks. The burrito fiesta artisanal is probably going to retail for around forty two on the shelf, and then this one will probably be going for a hundred bucks on that art in that ancestral style, but. At a hundred bucks, even if it's one hundred fifty, is a completely, in my opinion, underpriced because of the rarity. Yeah, and it's yeah. hand painted. The That's bottle it. Itself on top is- of the quality of the juice, that it's something unique in, in the agave world. It's also complemented by the art work that it's done by the local communities. I love that. So, so we get all every bottle is unique, hand painted by the same in the same village, mm-hmm. and uh, just to illustrate a bit more of what the place of where it's coming from it's so sweet yeah everything everything across the board it's coming in 750s so if we think about the price i mean you're you're paying for a full bottle of spirit and that includes the agave nectar so that that's essentially you're buying a full bottle it's not like a little squeeze bottle like yeah. a little squeeze and it's bottle, also yeah. sweeter like the and, uh, than the other one so at right. the end you need less product less amount to do to a cocktail with. Yeah. so that's a uh, breaking the cost down to a cocktail is not as bad as I mean it's it's competitive as the uh, little squeeze bottle other stuff yeah it's the plug and play aspect too I mean you have you have bartenders that are going to be attracted to that alone 
But you see a lot of things coming up like, uh, I don't know, dirty stew, olive juice, right. you know. I mean, honestly, personally, I would not do, uh, buy something that I could make, but I can't make agave syrup. And I've always been buying right. agave syrup. And it's kind of, it's hard to trace well, now it's you know, like the legitimacy. A lot of these. Not to mention yeah. it tastes 100% different. Right. Plus, you like kind and of ruined margaritas for me. Like, I never want to drink we, oh my anything God, you with have to try the other we did this, anymore. We did this experiment yesterday. So we were at Petty Cash and Alan was making us the two different versions. One with the agave nectar and one without. Both with the uh, artisanal burrito fiesta. Was it significantly And you different? couldn't, I couldn't even explain it. I mean... I guess the easiest way is like there's no mid palate without it almost makes a completely different drink. But with the nectar, it's so fleshed out and full and rich and vibrant. It's just breathtaking. Oh, bravo, man. Bravo. Yes, bravo. Oh. <laughs> You're a bunch of happy donkeys. We're, of, we're, <laughs> we're so happy. Um, but we, we couldn't be this happy right now without like, a path of your life that you've gone on and you've kind of been all over the place in Mexico. That's such you... a strapping young age too. <laughs> uh, yeah, really? How old are you? No, I'm just <laughs> um, No. So like, how did you, how did you get into this? Like, how is, how's this become your path? Totally. So it's, it's a very interesting story, but, um, so, um, I was, I was growing up in Cancun, this part of, of the Mexican Caribbean. And, uh, and my uncle got married to the daughter of a master, uh, Mezcalero. And he started a brand. Uh, this was about 20 years ago. And, um, and then we started going to Oaxaca to work with them during the summers. So that's how we started getting involving. Uh, when I say we, it's my, my brother and I, my younger brother. And we started going since we were 14 and 18, like going every summer and spending time working in production. And a few years later, we were pretty much managing the, the company uh, from production all the way to the final sale. So we learned a lot in a th short period of, of time, uh, like let's say four years, we really were able to understand and to get involved into all the mescal world. And um, when that company was sold, uh, that was the opportunity of, of, of us to create our own mescal story. And, um, and basically what we wanted to create was to discover, you know, mezcal, it's, it's, it's Mexico, it's passion, it's all this vast land, all this amazing region with the biodiversity of the plant. And that's why we discovered, we, and we, we pretty much went to all of the mezcal states looking for our next uh, agave, agave uh, palenque or agave binata. And it was until we got to Durango where we found the, we find the perfect conditions of agave plant and enough supply of agave that was not espadín because we wanted to just go outside the box and, you know, bring to the table a different agave type. And also that it had a different flavor profile, different technique, and also a different state. In Durango, uh, we found all, all of those conditions and we settled and we we based, we opened our, our company there in 2013 and uh, partnering with the Conde family, which is one of the oldest uh, mezcalero uh, traditional families in, in Durango. And, uh, and we've been there ever since and, and we're just very happy to see Durango evolving when we started there, we were pretty much the third registered brand of the state. And right now we could see more than 60 to 70 
um, like mezcal brands. Mm. So it's pretty exciting to see the development of the um, commercial part of um, of the mezcal world in Durango as well. Wow. And that obviously didn't come without any, you know, trials, hardships, stuff like that. What was some kind of like the struggles of setting up shop in Durango? Oh, it was it was quite a challenge. You know, it's, it's not the same to take just a plane or the car from Mexico City uh, to Oaxaca or just being in Oaxaca. Uh, basically, Durango, it's a bit more challenging because uh, back in the day when we started, there was like no guideline to go through or, you know, it was pretty much go exploring and, and finding those those places. And then as well, uh, you could get to some <laughs> pretty much dangerous parts of, of, of the state where you don't want to be. And uh, but, uh, you know, you learn to to see what places are most suitable for for partnering with the locals and um, and you you just go and, and, you know, work hard. It's 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 a more difficult place because everything is more expensive. Uh, the transportation as it's not a very, let's say, uh, populated state or village or city, let's say. There's not that many options as in Oaxaca or other places. Yeah, Durango doesn't have an international airport, does it? Well, it, it does, but just... Oh. Well, but I has, stand corrected. Yeah, it's a very tiny airport. <laughs> with, with I a, still haven't been. With a few with a few international uh, things, like to Chicago and to other cities, but not many flights a week. What are you flying um, to? What's the city? Uh, Durango's capital city. Okay, okay. Durango, Durango. So you fly into Durango. Field trip? I'm just, yeah, Field I think we need trip. to go. I think we so all need to go. So what you're saying is, is we should go. So what we're saying is we should fly into the international airport at Durango. <laughs> Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. Prove it. It's the wild star want... west. Yeah. <laughs> wild star west. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's oh, my so... first time with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> I was just remembering one, one of the other challenges that we have in Durango is the Comercam, which is the the one that regulates the the government that regulates the uh, mezcal production. There's not an office in Durango or there was not an office like in the past years as well. So it was very challenging. Like in Oaxaca, you could get uh, the guys visit your distillery or your palenque. That same within, day. Yeah, like, the same over. day or two days after. While in Durango, you needed to wait like one visit a month. Oh, and wow. if you were done just like two days after, then you would have to wait a lot. So all of these challenges make it just like more difficult to source the mezcal from the state. Is there difficulties in exporting and importing? Well, it's it's more about just like getting your stuff done because it's the regulation to get the sticker, like the approval and all your supplies to get them there and to source them out of there. So it's way more complicated than, than other places. But uh, at the same time, that's what makes it a bit more special and cool. Can you paint us a picture of why Durango is the Wild West and like what the, the terroir looks like? Oh, Can yeah. you paint us a picture of that? Well, Durango is a very diverse, a very, very diverse place. So you can you ha you get this beautiful woods with snow in the winter and then you get this massive like African savannas, open spaces with a lot of mountains, mountains and, and, and agave. And, and that's the beauty about the state because you get a lot, a lot of meeker climates within the same state that uh, gives uh, this this plant called agave the uh, qualities that we, we look for. So Durango, it's a lot of very diverse, um, cold winters in some places, 
hot summers in others. Summer is a rainy season. I mean, it's there's a lot going on in, in, in Durango. It's a big state, so it's, it's a very, very big state. And yeah, Durango is very exciting. Mm -hmm. I, kind of, I wanted to ask you too, I remember throughout the day he was talking about how the production method is obviously different from Oaxaca, but you said it gets so cold sometimes in Durango that the stills are actually fermenting in the ground. Yeah, I mean the still the is fermentation. Tank yeah, the fermentation the exactly. So, so for no, instance, yeah. if we want to distill uh, ferment in winter, right, and the weather, the outside temperature, as we have open distilleries or open palenques, uh, when it's all open and you're distilling, if it's that cold, the yeast would not work well. Or, yeah, so the mm, fermentation gets stuck because it's cold. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what the traditional process in in Durango is, and in some parts as well, like Michoacan, that we get the fermentation vats in the ground of the floor of the distillery or ah. so so i believe like this insulated. is like yeah it's like you know it's engineering um ancestral engineering that put the vats closer to the fire when you're distilling so therefore you would get a, a hotter temperature in, on the, the in the on the ground wow so the, the vats are smaller they're like 400 liters in average they're coffin wooden vats they're in the floor of the distillery and um that's one of the differences uh, from from Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. uh, one other is the the walls of the underground oven. They're with volcanic rock, so you get more a mineral profile to your mezcal rather than soil. In this sort of uh, uh -huh. you know the soily right. profile that we get in other places. How does the agave react to the the drastic temperatures? That's yeah, that's a great question. So if you if you, when you taste the mezcal, you would see the creaminess and the oiliness. And uh, the agave growing up like in these conditions, they have to de develop this these layers and, and this silky and oily layers to protect themselves from this harsh weather and temperatures. And that's what it's translated when we do the uh, or mezcal. That's what you could feel this the same layers of, of uh, oil and, and cream goes into the beverage as well. That's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'd be curious. To, so you know how when it gets really cold and windy in a vineyard, the vines actually stop producing fruit. Is anything similar like that happening yeah. in agave? In Durango, for sure, it's more difficult to to work in the winter uh, periods. Us, particularly, we usually stop uh, January, like from Christmas to to the end of February because yeah. it's very cold. You could still process, but if you don't need to, it's just better to wait for just more just wait it out to, it's just cold, for better yeah. conditions and um but i mean if you do with the ancestral techniques it's like you can still work it wow <laughs> wow wow you can wow, still wow, work wow. it still work it still yeah. work it yeah so what does it look like in the future for uh my gay spirits so my gay spirits uh, we also have two other brands that we are not uh, showing here today because they're on their way to the states but uh we have our uh, a brand called mezcal gin that it's uh, basically the same traditional process of a pechuga mezcal, but it, it's macerated and vapor infused with botanicals. So we use our same Ceniso wild agave, and we do two distillations to preserve the whole mezcal because we, you know, we didn't just want to do an expensive gin that would just disappear the agave notes. Right. Agave is the main character in, in our product and that's why we just left it for two distillations but with the botanicals that were included in, in the pechuga you get all this perfumey additional notes and and, and profile to the to the beverage what botanicals are you using we use mexican botanicals and international botanicals the mexicans are ancho chili hibiscus uh, flower 
Mexican lemongrass and this avocado cool. leaves. Oh, I like all those yeah. things. And mm. the International Botanicals, just like cardamom and, and, and orange peel and others. You so, could almost say it's a vegan pachuga. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you? That's well, true. yeah. You could, you, could, yeah. you could call it that way, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, like you, I'm like, you've been in L.A. too long, Joel. I think so. <laughs> it's it's washed over me. I know. I feel you. Yeah. So we also kosher. Also kosher. That's a... I mean, that's a beautiful for, for any, like, traditional cocktail, like uh, Negroni and Mezcal, Gin Negroni. It's beautiful. I want that. I want to try that. Because yeah. Mezcal Negronis are already amazing, but Dude. now it's... Yeah, that's like, that's like, like my, my my brain is, is, I can't even like understand. That's cool. So we have that brand and our new uh, baby, it's Señor Sotol. Sotol, it's, yeah, yeah, it's our new, new upcoming thing. And it's um, one bottle that it's an ensemble for, from three varieties of Dacilidion. Uh, Dacilidion is a plant that it's used to create Sotol that is not an agave. It's uh, a desert spoon, destillate. So... It looks like a big, stringy, bushy agave, but they're massive. I've seen some really big ones. So they're not really... agaves? They're That's not agaves. They're more related to like asparagus and onions than, than to the agave plant itself. So when whenever whenever you chop down the, the little spikes, the spikes, you get like an onion, like with a lot, a lot of uh, layers. layers all over the, wow. the plant. Did not know so, that. So yeah, and the size... Uh, as Joel was mentioning, it varies a lot depending on the on the species, right? Huh. But um, so we, Durango is one of the three states that is part of the DO for Sotol, and we could do in our same uh, vinata we process Sotol and mezcal as well. Oh wow! So that's something that is amazingly interesting. That it's also going to be launched within the next two months in the States. So I just have to say this. So have you guys been to Palm Springs recently? Not there's, recently. Well, there's this so botanical garden. Recently. I mean, well, I have to just say, because when I came back from Mexico the first time, I started learning about Sanito and Desert Spoon. And I went to the Morton Botanical Garden in Palm Springs. And they have the oldest, craziest, biggest Desert Spoon I've ever seen. Really? It's the size of all four of us hugging. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Done. It's incredible. That's big. <laughs> That's big. That is a big so, one. So Sotol is also, it's, I mean, it's a new category that it's super exciting. And it's it's actually being produced in Texas as well. Cool. Uh, oh, wow. I went to the oh, yeah. first Sotol uh, fair that was held in Terlingua last year. And it was pretty, pretty exciting. It's too. definitely picking up steam here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm getting more and more exposed to it's, it, too. It's super funky. But as well, you could get so... It's a bit very refined as well. And the smokiness, uh, as it's done with the same process as mezcal, sort of. It, I mean, the same coction of the of the, of the Sotol plant, but it has a shorter finish. So instead of, you know, permitting very strong into the body, it's it's even like softer in that okay. way, but funkier at the same time. So it's, it's just a, a great, great spirit that we will be seeing a lot shortly. Ooh, can't wait. Dude, yeah. It's exciting. Joel? Hi. You know where to bring that bottle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it's out, you come straight here. Or I just say, Alejandro, you got to make a trip back. Oh, yeah. He's already like... planning on it. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we, he's having so much fun in L.A. He's already telling me I can't wait to come back up here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Right. I'll make, I'll we'll make you guys soup you. again. Or you guys can come down yeah, to Durango whenever. Come, yeah, come we want to come. Totally. We, for sure we want to come. That'd be awesome. Did you want to tell him about your little train? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah. well, we have two more things just to say for Magay Spirits in the future. As we speak, we're transitioning our current facility or current Vinata to a non-carbon emission one. Oh, so wow. we are installing solar panels, not only for the uh, for other energy that we're using, but even for distillation. So instead of using wood, burning wood for distilling, as it has no contact with the juice itself mm -hmm. and it doesn't affect the flavor, we're also going, uh, distilling with solar panels. No kidding. We're implementing wow. all of this technology. We're recycling the uh, byproduct of the ag agave byproduct to create agave bricks and we're building uh distillery with this oh no, wow. wait so you're taking like the product like the fibers the, the agave fibers and we're doing it uh, agave adobes oh wow yes so all of this is That's part so cool. of, of uh you know can uh, you guys make a little donkey house yeah absolutely <laughs> yes <laughs> he's yeah he's gonna have an adobe house for sure oh donkey oh yeah and uh, and as well to complement that we will be having like uh, rooms in in our vinata where people can stay with us and experience this. so what you're saying is yeah, you, you gotta make us a donkey <laughs> house oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be staying with a donkey. Yes. You want to stay hooking out with your donkeys. <laughs> oh my God, that's so great. <laughs> Prioritize the donkeys over humans here. That's so good. And we're opening as well as a speakeasy sotoleria bar in the middle of a wild west village in Durango. Oh, wow. So this is a an abandoned wagon, train wagon, that um, that we found and we are just like, setting it up to, to, be a, to be a little speakeasy. You don't know how much you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> right. Of like everything you're saying right now is like, yeah, the that's gods what I are want. calling. <laughs> His name is Alejandro. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. The rain happened today. Like you brought all these great things. You brought us the agave. You brought us the rain. Nah. Like, and you brought soup and I brought soup. The soup is fantastic. Thanks. I just want to get that out there. Well, we know when air. you, when you go out to Jumbo's clown room the night before, you need to have you some nice soup. soup. <laughs> It's just oh, part of it. Man. It's just what oh, you do. Man. So yeah, all this it's part of an initiative to do like uh like a bartender program where like people of uh, uh, like aficionados to to our brand or to Durango want to come learn more, not only about our brand, but about the state and what it's being created over there, about the Sotol, about Mezcal, and being able to work and understand the production part of that mezcal region and as well to work in a bar in front of customers dude can we come this, do a guest chef stuff? please oh my god uh, dude please yeah that'd we'll be so be very excited to have you guys that'd be so cool down there yes load up the pelican cases let's go let's i'm go. ready i'm ready right now let's go i'm ready seriously <laughs> hey can i ask you a question alejandro you there's something that um i'm sure some people are going to be curious about but you you adored uh, vinata instead of palenque yes so vinata it's a vinata comes from the word vino which is vino Vino, it's wine, so it's the place where um, wine was made, agave wine, oh. instead of uh, palenque that it's called in Oaxaca. Vinata is the name of a palenque oh. in Durango oh. in, in this region. Me. So, yeah, it's the agave wine. Hmm. Ha! Huh. Huh. The more you know. Very interesting. You should make a podcast about this. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, we should, we should record this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, wait, I want to circle back about the train thing. Yes. Okay. What's the train thing? So the train thing is the <laughs> the, 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 the bar. The, the bar. Oh, that's the train. Oh, yeah. It's, an, it's oh. an abandoned like like wagon train thing. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, it's what's like a wagon the, train? The like a, like a, like a, like a remember those train. books you used to read? Oh, 
like a box. Okay, Literally, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Cool. That's or, cooler now. Or a caboose. <laughs> oh, like a caboose. Yes. Yeah. Like an engine. What, what section of the train is it? Yeah. What section? <laughs> which. Uh, well, Which segment? That, that's a very difficult question, my friend. <laughs> but, uh, I'll is figure it, that out for you for the next time. <laughs> how, how did it get there? It's kind of like the magic school bus in Alaska. And you guys <laughs> I don't familiar. know anything about that. That's you guys should lot. watch Into the Wild. It's oh really fantastic. Just um, saying. Google it. Magic school bus, Alaska. Is it up there? And while you're at it, Google pyramids in Antarctica. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting way off topic. Do you want to keep yep. telling what people like people ha- uh, what to Google? Oh yeah, Google. How did they make ice in ancient Egypt? Go- oh, Google armadillo rolled up. It's nature's Pokemon bowl. Whoa. Ball. Yeah. Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, my gay spirits. You learn a lot on this. You learn a lot. Where on we these Google where we can episodes. find my my gay spirits, or we can just ask you where can yeah. we find this in LA? It, it where? is it is brand new. It's it has been in. in Southern California for all of under a week now. So wow, what it's, we have wow. been so selling special. it in, hand selling so it into accounts right now. So it's it's one of those things where you'll end up seeing it likely at K and L. You'll likely see it um, hopefully at Barkeeper, um, and then some other smaller liquor stores and stuff. And mezcal um, bars. Yeah, yeah obviously we'd like to make like a push where it could be maybe the burrito or the this could be available at a Bevmo at a certain time. But but for now. You can always contact me directly and I can point you guys to where. Where can we, we can find get. you, Joel? You can find me on the interwebs. You can reach me on Instagram at Amaro Guy or you can just email me jcaruso at chopinimports.com. And if you don't know how to spell Chopin, Google the composer. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Google it. Alejandro, where can we find you? Well, you could find me on my backpack traveling and promoting the mezcal, uh, you know, passion. But um, I mean, yeah, this this year as we're launching, we're very, very excited. My my brother, I and the Conde family to be able to, you know, to represent this stuff from Durango. And we'll be activating the U.S. market this Amazing. year. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be traveling. Cool. I'm going to be traveling. He's living out of a backpack. Are, do you guys have a website people can look you up at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can go to, uh, to magayspirits.com. And inside that webpage, they can find the individual brands. Awesome. So, yeah, and that website has every each unique brand. Exactly. And then Instagram? Instagram as well. They can find a Mezcal Burrito or Mezcal. Then they can find Señor Maguey. And they can find us as Mezcal Gin. And last but not least, Señor Sotol. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited for this. Yes. I'll also, I will also write these down in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to double check all this stuff you can scroll into the show notes and find it i'll link them up yeah can you teach us how they made ice in ancient egypt in those notes <laughs> you're gonna have to google it oh <laughs> damn damn oh google um gosh okay so like kind of going on this is is there anything else you would like to let listeners know about yeah. my spirits yes and and not only about us but uh as well like i would love to 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 tell people if they are into agave, just not to close their minds to to Oaxaca only, because that's a beautiful part of it. And but you know, I, I always invite people to open their minds and and their bars as well for new family-owned companies like us that are bringing to the table a different aromas, different profile, different flavors. And that's what I suggest. If you have a a mezcal bar and you only have espadines from Oaxaca, 
please Boring. make make a little space <laughs> make a little space for another state or another agave plant and, and and try it on into your cocktails as well because it's it might as well surprise you a lot yeah yeah definitely i love it right? for sure do it try it out this is cool expand your horizons don't yeah be expand scared. don't be lame don't be, be a, a mezcal racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention about oh, speaking uh, of speaking of mezcal, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, mezcal is saving everyone from the coronavirus. Oh, so this just, <laughs> this just how in. much mezcal do you need to drink to? Absolve yourself of coronavirus fears. <laughs> well, I was guessing one ounce per hour, but we tried that last night, <laughs> and I'm not sure if and it. You helped. have the full fear now. I'm not sure if it helped or not. I don't feel any better, but I didn't have coronavirus to begin with, so yeah. now I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, we we thought we'd we'd share it here first. Yeah, no, actually, but for good measure, you. I think he was, you know. he was trying to explain to me is like how come. Mexicans don't get coronavirus. Mezcal is the solution. <laughs> it's from the gods. It's from the gods. It's the nectar from it's the gods. Strange, it, it uh, sterilizes everything yeah. inside of you, so you can't get it. So there you go. Well, hopefully if it you, won't sterilize if, me. If you were afraid of a, of the coronavirus, just drink yourself some mezcal. Yes. And Magay Spirits mezcal specifically. All right. So I think going out of this podcast... First, I would like to thank you so much, Alejandro, for coming on Talk Tales and the sharing this amazing juice and stories and everything about what you got, what you're doing over at McGay Spirits. This is too cool. Thank you so much, guys. It's it's a pleasure to be here to introduce introduce the brands to to California. It's it's a very exciting chapter for us. Yeah. So Yay. we couldn't be happier. And thank you for for your support and uh, doing good mezcal. Yeah. And going out of this, I think forever and always, we will be happy donkeys. We will be yeah. happy donkeys. Cheers. Yeah. Salud. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Yeah. <laughs> Talk tale. Talk tale. Talk tale. Talk tale.